I'm Ann Croker, writing coach. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. If you're a regular, welcome back. Today, you've joined hundreds of established and emerging writers who are discovering ways to reach their writing goals and have fun by being more curious, creative, and productive. You're listening to the Ann Croker Writing Coach Podcast. This is episode 267. Help! I want to write a book. Do I have what it takes? I stared at a blank screen. Why did I ever think I could pull this off? Until that moment, I'd only written short projects, articles, essays, poems. As I sat staring at the screen, questioning myself in every way possible, I was supposed to be writing my first book, a manuscript of over 50,000 words. Overwhelmed, I sat at the keyboard, frozen. Sound familiar? Have you felt inspired to write a book you believe will truly help people, even transform them, but you're not sure you have what it takes? Well, once upon a time, this multi-published writing coach was in the exact same place. I was staring at the screen, inspired to write the book, but doubting myself. Do I have what it takes? How does an essayist, poet, freelancer embark on the massive task of completing a 50,000-word manuscript? That question felt unanswerable, and I felt inadequate. This prose-freezing self-doubt was a huge problem, however, because I had signed a contract. I was obligated to write a book I didn't think I could write. For a year or so, my friends had been urging me to move forward with writing a book after I kept sharing concepts with them in conversations over coffee or during playdates at the park. One after another, they would say, you should write a book about that. I'd laugh it off. Me? Write a book? Ha! But you're a writer, they'd insist. I'm a writer of short things. A book? It's too long, too huge. They'd shrug and we'd go back to wiping yogurt off our kids' faces. But one day I was meeting with my mentor, a mentor named Ruth. I happened to have two writing mentors named Ruth. What are the odds, right? And this was the Ruth who lived nearby. So nearby Ruth was the author of a book acquired by a publishing house based about three hours north of us. She offered to introduce me to the editorial team so I could pitch the idea to them over lunch. She said she'd drive me up there herself. All I had to do was hop in the car and share the project with them, sharing copies of a book proposal. Well, it was all arranged. What a great mentor, right? I just needed to create this book proposal, which I didn't have the faintest idea how to put together. I need a book proposal? Can't I just describe the book? They need the book proposal, Ruth said. That's how they do it. It's the same now as it was then, by the way. For nonfiction projects, an author produces a book proposal before landing a book contract with an agent or editor. You can learn more about this process by watching a webinar that I have created on this. You can go to ancroker.com slash everything, where you can get a link to that free on-demand webinar. Anyway, back then, I had no idea what a book proposal looked like. This was pre-internet too, so there were no samples to download, no coaches to hire. You can look at mine, Ruth said. You can see how it's laid out and how I described in my book, and then you can just plug in your book's details in the same places. Can you believe that? My mentor offered to let me see her own book proposal like it was no big deal, but it was pivotal, life-changing, career-forming. Hers was the first book proposal I ever saw, and I poured over it, following the flow to craft my own. 
Her subheadings showed me the purpose of each section. Her content gave me ideas for how to phrase the businessy stuff about mine. Weeks of work went into that document. I wrote the overview, typed up a bio, I listed famous people I could ask for an endorsement. Now, I didn't personally know famous people, but at that point in my life, I knew people who knew people. So I added names with an explanation of each friend of a friend connection. Then I got to the meat of the proposal, the table of contents, the chapter summaries. Now, this took time because I was essentially writing the book without writing the book. And if you recall, I'd never written a book before, so I had no idea what I was doing. But I knew what I wanted to say, more or less. Like I said, for a year or so, I'd been talking with friends about these ideas. I did my best, summarizing what I thought I should include in each of those chapters, arranging the ideas in an order that made sense. I invented a marketing plan. I wrote an introduction and a sample chapter. Then I got in Ruth's car and rode north with her to my meeting with the editorial team. After introductions, Ruth left me at the sushi restaurant where I was meeting with the team. I pitched. I showed them the book proposal. I dripped soy sauce on the table and soaked it up with a napkin, laughing it off. It was not only my first time pitching a book, it was also my first time eating sushi. To my surprise, despite the soy sauce spillage, they were interested After I got home, there was a little back and forth, and they ended up offering me a contract to write that book. And that is how I found myself sitting at the computer with a signed contract and a deadline and a wave of self-doubt. And after spiffing up the first chapter, which I'd already written for the proposal, if you recall, I found myself staring at that blank screen and I talked to Ruth. Ruth, what have I gotten myself into? I practically cried when I updated her. How can I write an entire book? It's too much. It's too long. Ruth calmed me down. Hold on, Anne. Yes, you can write this book. I can't write that many words. You don't write them all at once, she said. You've got your table of contents, right? Yes, in the book proposal. And you've summarized what you plan to put in those chapters, right? Yes. Treat each of those chapters like one of your longer articles and write them one at a time. How about that? I flipped through the document and I realized she was right. I'd already outlined the entire book. My ideas were right there in the book proposal that I had so diligently pieced together. I'll try. Ruth smiled. You can do it. I know you can do it. I could breathe again. She demystified the whole thing and framed the writing of a book around the kind of writing I already knew I could pull off. I followed her plan to write one chapter at a time, like a long article, and then move on to the next, piecing them together to make the book. Now, I tend to be a little more of a pantser than a plotter, but I sat at the keyboard grateful for this book proposal because it had forced me to create structure for the project before I sat down to do the work. All I needed to do was follow this plan, the roadmap I'd already developed to take the reader from page one to the end. I actually had everything I needed. We come to projects with strengths from other parts of our writing lives and from our lives as a whole. Maggie Smith, the American Maggie Smith's interview with the Right Minded podcast, emphasizes this reality that even experienced writers approach each project as a new challenge. She explains that her memoir, You Could Make This Place Beautiful, was cobbled together. She could see that having written poetry books didn't really prepare her for writing a full-length memoir. 
how does one write 65,000 words, she says, because I honestly have no idea as someone who writes poems that are typically less than 17 lines long and has never thought about word count. I had no idea how to sort of sustain. Not that I'm comparing myself to Maggie Smith, but like me, she knew how to write short but had no experience with how to write long. And she also didn't see herself as a storyteller. I'm not really a storyteller primarily in my poems, or at least I don't think of myself that way. I think of myself more as an image presenter or an experienced distiller or crystallizer than a storyteller. So I thought, this is going to be interesting. It seems she had the same, do I have what it takes, concern as you and I. But it sounds like she did not freeze or panic like I did. Instead, she drew from her strengths, her gifts and experience as a published poet to creatively piece together one of the most unusual and popular memoirs of 2023. Her approach? She wrote vignettes, one at a time, independently from each other, out of chronological order and without an outline. The book distills and crystallizes her experiences and presents images holding our attention. With help from an editor, she assembled the book by sorting these pieces to find themes, styles of writing, and various connections that flowed together. By color coding them, she arranged them on her living room floor until she found what seemed balanced. It was a craft project, she joked, which is how she puts together her books of poetry, following her intuition, looking for the natural progression. She trusted the writer she already was and the writer she'd already done to find a way into this writing that was new. She played to her strengths and found her structure, her voice, her stories, and every word to make her book beautiful. David McCullough has said, Every book is a new journey. I never felt I was an expert on a subject as I embarked on a project. Novelist Cassandra Clare says it's true in fiction, too. No matter how many books you've written, whenever you sit down to write a new book, you always feel the same challenge. How do you shape this story into a book that people are going to love? I interviewed author Jennifer Dukes Lee about writing her guided journal, Stuff I'd Only Tell God. She'd already written multiple trade nonfiction books, but never anything like this guided journal, because it's a book of questions, not answers. But Jennifer leaned into who she was as a journalist, a blogger, and an author. She's both a natural and trained question asker. She was born curious, and she's a journalist by trade. She already had what it would take to write this book that was in a totally different genre than her others. I had been writing online in a pretty open way since 2009, and I was a newspaper reporter, but in the same way that I was interrogating police chiefs and mayors and governors, I began to interrogate my own life in that way. So I feel like turnabout's fair play. So by turning her own question-asking training on herself, she developed questions she knew could work for anyone, ready to pen an interesting, deep, thoughtful journal that opened them up to the things that matter most. And she wrote a book unlike any she'd written before because she had what it takes to pull it off, even when she wasn't sure about that when she started the project. Every book is new, so even if we've authored other books, we may find ourselves wondering, as Maggie Smith and Jennifer Dukes Lee did, if we have what it takes. Like Cassandra Clare, you may know how to write a book, but you don't know how to write this book. Trust what you know 
and what you can research and learn. Draw from skills you developed the first time you wrote a book or from what you gained while writing other kinds of projects. Tap into your personality, too, to find your way forward. Are you organized and methodical? Capitalize on this with orderly research, outlines, and bullet points. Then write from what you've included in your detailed outline. Are you spontaneous and playful? Drop everything to write a chapter when you sense a burst of inspiration. Are you pensive, reflective, contemplative? Document your insights and weave them in to offer vulnerability and insights uniquely yours. With experience and personality, you have what it takes to write the book that's on your heart. Your book is your book. Your experience is yours alone. And your personality is one of a kind. Put all that together and you have what it takes. You can get ideas by seeing how others write, but in the end, you will find it within. As my deadline loomed, I no longer panicked because with Ruth's reassuring reminder, I saw how to write that book with the truths I gleaned in the voice I'd developed. Drawing from my work writing feature stories for the local paper, I ended up weaving in the wisdom of others to interviewing moms to include their stories, ideas, and insight. I figured out how to write that book, and a few weeks before it was due to the editor, I finished the draft, enlisted beta readers to offer their input, I incorporated changes for the final draft, and sent it off. Turns out, I had what it takes. And I'll bet you have what it takes, too. Now, I'll go out on a limb and make one suggestion that I believe it will help, regardless of your style of writing, genre, category, subject matter, or experience. Creating and following a plan will save time and build confidence, even if you're a pantser. That is, even if you write by the seat of your pants. If you've written a book proposal, you've got the plan. In your proposal, you've developed the ideas you want in the book and then organized them into a table of contents. This takes time. You can use different tools to unearth and organize the things you want to say and the information your reader needs. Turn to the chapter summaries. Sometimes we call it an annotated table of contents. And follow those to start writing the book idea by idea, word by word. When everything's in place, thoughtfully built out to support our claims, we write everything. No matter how long we're involved, word by word. Anne Lamott's brother panicked because he needed to turn in a report on birds and hadn't even started it. She says her brother sat at the table with books and pens unopened, untouched, because he was unable to take action. I know how he felt because I sat frozen at that keyboard, overwhelmed at the thought of writing an entire book. He had to write an entire report on birds in one night. He must have wondered if he had what it takes. Then my father sat down beside him, Anne writes, put his arm around my brother's shoulder and said, bird by bird, buddy, just take it bird by bird. If you feel like you don't have what it takes, it's okay. Every new project leaves a writer feeling like that, but we know what to do. We make a plan, tap into our unique strengths, and then take it word by word. Just take it word by word. You can discover all the ways to work with me at my everything page, where you'll find a link to my signature program, Your Compelling Book Proposal, where I walk you step-by-step through the process of crafting an irresistible book proposal. Head over to my everything page. That's ancroker.com slash everything. I'm Ann Croker, cheering you on as a writing coach in your ear, everywhere we may meet, at my website, here on this podcast, in your inbox, or even in person. I'm always looking for ideas to share with you that will help you achieve your writing goals and have fun 
by being more curious, creative, and productive. Thank you for being here.